Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Hello. Hey, if you love Jesus, say I do. Um, as y'all can see, we got some new faces uh, behind me. Can we get up for our uh, new uh, speakers coming up? Come on now, right? Now listen, um, y'all have gotten my perspective on relationships uh, and the, the do's and the don'ts and kind of my angle and my strategy on maybe some dating and marriage, but I was like, you know what? I surround myself with the right people, all right? Let's maybe get their perspective on, on marriage and maybe dating. And so um, we're going to have a, a little discussion up here on stage. And uh, maybe y'all can learn maybe something that will spark a fire in your own life tonight. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we know that you are already in this room. I ask that we just lay everything down at you, that is school and problems and relationship issues and struggles and hurts. I, I ask that we just lay those down at your feet right now and we, for this moment, for this time, we just get to learn about what a godly marriage and godly dating looks like. And Lord, that we are able to see how everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we are should be aimed for one goal and for one purpose, and that is to bring you glory. Lord, for all these students, I hope that they see the magnitude of responsibility it is to enter a role. Lord, be with us. Be with these questions. Be with these speakers. We ask this in your name. Amen. All right, guys. I got a couple questions for you. All right. Some of them are, are tricky. Some of them are zingers. All right. Uh, but really, the first question is, let's go um, more matured. To the less matured, okay? Uh, who y'all are, where you're from, uh, the whole shebang. So, Chris and Sarah Kalman, we're from Frisco, Texas. Yeah, who you are, yeah, that's great. Good job, Chris. Who, who, who how, hey, and how did the two of you meet? We're high school sweethearts. Our first date was juniors in high school to homecoming dance. We really were kind of operated in two different groups and so it was kind of even random that he asked me and um, then she was a troublemaker I was a good kid <laughs> and we've been married 30 years now so. Come on. all right so we're uh, Lance and Susie Yules from Norman Oklahoma Nompton yep um, and so we actually went to different high school to uh, growing up and um, never met each other until I was a senior in college. I actually went to a, a small school in Kansas, and she went here to OU. So I was here in my first year of getting my master's, and somebody, a family friend, sent us a message, and he had long hair back then and said, do you know this guy? And I said, no. And then he sent me a Facebook message, and it was game over since then. Oh, man. Come <laughs> on. Love it. Uh, we're Mac and Maddie Stockard. We live in Tulsa now. We met at, yeah, met at OU, the game night. We didn't start dating until after I graduated. It's probably my game favorite. night. Where? Uh, at at house? Tyler Overton's house. Oh, nice! Yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been married a year and a half. 
I met at game night and then didn't start dating for a good maybe three, four years until someone slid into my Twitter DMs and it was game over. Hey, thank goodness for social media, right? Yeah. I mean, man. Hey, I heard that y'all had a very handsome uh, pastor to your wedding, too. You did indeed. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, so, some have been married longer than others. Here's, here's a, I think, a, a real deep theological question that we need to know in this group. What's something that annoys you most about your spouse? Who, who wants yeah, to answer that Yeah, I'm going to plead one? the fifth. You plead the fifth. You can ask her. I wrote in my notes. My wife is perfect, Brent. There you go. There you go. Mine's not, but <laughs> yours can be. Just kidding, guys. She's birthing our fourth kid. Come on. Praise Jesus. Um, I'll tell you my biggest pet peeve about Caroline, all right? I'll, I'll break the ice for y'all. The bathroom trash can is meant for only bathroom trash. And our biggest fight to date, I promise you, is about me throwing a banana pill in the bathroom trash. She was mad that I threw a banana pill in the bathroom trash. I was mad because I threw it in the trash, right? Like, and we, it was a bad, it was a bad fight. Married couples fight too, all right. I would say that um, I'm not allowed to send out an email or anything like that without it being proofread by Sarah. Um, <laughs> I really don't care much about the English grammar. Um, Run-on sentences are fine with me, so uh, I know what I'm trying to say. So anyway, that. So it's quite annoying. <laughs> love it, man. Y'all are super in love. I love it. Well. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I don't, it's not that bad. It's whenever we have three boys, right? There's seven, five, and three. And it's a long day sometimes, and whenever he gets home and they're bathed and ready for bed, and then he starts wrestling them at 7 o'clock, it really gets on my nerves. And I'm like, you have got to calm down. Riles them up. Yeah, it yeah. gets them all riled up, and I'm like, I've been working all day for this peaceful time of night. <laughs> Dad's just being dad. It's a dad thing, though, so I can't really be mad. Love it. Okay, Maddie, I'll let's do brave. this. I'll be brave. I am a very organized, tidy person, Enneagram type one, very perfectionist, and he's not so tidy, so <laughs> that was a bit of an adjustment. I kind of like the dishwasher loaded in a particular way, oh, and he great. like leaves all the cabinets open, mm. like after a meal, it's like a bomb has gone off, and I clean as I cook, and that is not necessarily... The, the dishwasher, the correct way, anybody, all right? Not not dishwasher, but I have learned that uh, if you're going to start laundry, you better finish it. Yeah, that's been, that's been our biggest fight. Yeah. No, no banana peel in the trash can, but laundry. But at least you had laundry in there. But that was I started it. I got finished. it going, but got to finish it. Fill it. Gotcha. Okay, mine Mac. Is, yes. I know. I got to get mine out there. Maddie has routines. One oh. of them is around bedtime. Everything's got to be done. But she falls asleep before the routine. Then she waits till I fall asleep, and then she wakes me up to finish her routine. Oh, so, that's, that's a no-go for me. All right, so let's get into maybe some questions that might pertain to some of these students in here. Um, thinking back to y'all's college years, what are some things you think that you would have dated differently? What What are some ways that you think might have would have helped you? Um, date better, date differently, um, in that, in that, in that sphere. Uh, 
Maddie Mac, I feel like you're ready for this. Let's see what you got. It's yeah, it's fresh. We it's fresh. Have, um, I would say I wish we were a little bit more intentional. We were in the talking phase for almost a year. Um, wish it wouldn't have lasted that long because as soon as we put an official title on it, he was like world's best boyfriend, so clear, no confusion, super intentional. And I just wish we would have gotten to that sooner, but I wanted him to like lead in that way. So I kind of took a back seat, but I wish I would have maybe stepped up and been like, what's going, yeah. like, what's going on here? <laughs> I think we had Brent Russell phone calls during yeah. that. There, there might've been a phone <laughs> call that said, hey, so Maddie and Mac are actually OGs. They remember when crossover, I mean, they were there at the very beginning, uh, back in the Meacham days. And so um, Maddie and I, we, you know, she came over to the house with Caroline and I, loved our dog. Tank and loved them, um, but yeah, Mac and I had to have a conversation, bro. You struck gold, and and he knew it. That's the thing is he knew it. He actually didn't think he was good enough for her. How awesome is that? And uh, as soon as I heard that, like I started melting. Right, <laughs> I was like big brother, and then he's like, I just don't think I'm good enough for her. And I was like, You're right, but I still love you. I just thought of like. Nobody's ever wished they dated more people before their spouse. So, like, be more selective and more intentional, and it's not, like, that's good number thing. I like that. Yeah, I always have a hard time with these questions because thinking back to it, it's like that the whole journey through college, it did lead me to her and us ending up together. Um, but through it, it, then thinking back on it, um, probably just trying to hold myself to a higher standard and hold the person, whoever I'm, I'm dating or trying to mm. pursue to, to a higher standard as well. And if they're not meeting that standard, like, that's okay. Because I'm going to set a high standard for, for that person and for myself. Did you hear that, guys? <laughs> yeah, that I agree with. And then um, also just not comparing yourself and your dating life to your friends and their dating life. Mm. I feel like that was hard for me in college. I felt like I needed to have a boyfriend or needed to be going on dates just because rather than holding myself to a high expectation of, oh, this is why I want to go on a date with this guy. I want to go because he meets all these standards and these things that I really like and want in my life. And instead I compared to friends around me, and I feel like that's really hard, especially now even more with social media and all the things out, it's really hard. So I think that's something I would have done differently is not thought about what my friends were doing and thought more about what I needed in my heart and what was best for me at that time. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'd say uh, pursuit. I, you know, I would imagine the majority of you, you know, you're learning or you had learned from your parents. So maybe what that relationship looked like. Um, some of that might have been good, some of that maybe not so good. Um, and so you're just, you know, in most cases, you're a product of, your, of that development. And so you don't necessarily know any better. Um, and that was kind of, kind of my story. I wasn't raised in a, in a Christian home, you know, I guess loving parents, but yet I didn't necessarily see that pursuit. So I didn't know what that looked like. Mm. Um, granted, we dated since we were juniors in high school, but, um, you know, I just, I think the thing is, is to, to make sure, you know, show the importance that, hey, I really, you know, I really do like you or want to be with you or whatever that is, but also to treat and show them as, as the prized possession 
um, as, as they are. So, uh, you know, I didn't do it very well. Uh, I've, 30 years now, I'm, I'm getting much better at it. But, um, you know, I had a, I, I was behind the eight ball uh, when I first started, and I didn't know any better, so. Yeah, well, we also dated um, long distance because he went, I, I started out at OU, and he went and played call, um, football in California, and that was before FaceTime or all the stuff that you guys have now. So um, I think that was kind of, we would have probably done that differently and been more, like somebody said, intentional. I mean, we did write letters. We would run. We didn't have the money to call each other long distance, so we would one-ring each other to let them know that we were thinking about each other. But I think about things that we could have done that would have been, yeah, one-ring. Like, we would one-ring and hang Never out. Never heard and that of that. Was, Anybody heard of one-ring? Yeah, sorry. We are old, y'all. But that's, that was a way of saying, I can't afford to call it. you, but I am thinking about you. And I just think if we had been more intentional and, in, like, writing each other and... I think we could have done a better job with that. And I also think we focused more on our relationship sometimes than we did our relationship with God. Mm. And so it was all about us versus really about him and then our relationship being an overflow of our individual relationships with the Lord. And so, That's uh, great. God, but, you know. Here we are, and God's done a lot of things since then, so thankful for that. Well, I think that's a good carryover from what y'all were talking about just with Chris. You are talking about growing up in what type of household and maybe different influences growing up. And, you know, is there something for y'all that something from your past that maybe negatively or positively impacted your marriage and maybe kind of honed in on what marriage looked like or maybe helped y'all or hurt y'all make some decisions within marriage? Uh, well, absolutely. My, my objective was is to change Sarah into the way that I wanted her to be. Mm. And that's not, that's not my job. My job is to work on, on myself. Um, and I think that, and probably in your relationship as well, it's, it's the rub is, is like, hey, I can only control my actions. Um, and I'd say the quicker I learned that, which in some cases wasn't so quick, but the quicker that I learned that, the, the better our relationship became. Um, that, you know, like I said, it's, I, my job is to love my spouse irregardless of what I think her faults are, which doesn't matter because I have so many more um, and I need to work and, you know, fix on my fault. So, you know, I'm rambling on here, but I just to say that that was um, realizing that I needed, I, I need to work on myself. Good. I, I think one of the major things that we had, I, I'm, I'm, this is going back a long time, but I might have even shared this the last time, but it was such a significant thing in our relationship I lost my mom to cancer when I was a senior in high school. And, of course, Chris and I were dating at that time. He still to this day will say, had that not happened, he's not for sure we would have ended up together. Because it did really bond us because he was there for me during that really hard time. But then also I think it really was hard for him. And I put unfair expectations on him. I was expecting him to meet certain things that I needed at that time in my life that really only the Lord could do in my life. Yeah. And so we came into our marriage with that kind of burden that I put on him. And it, 
it was only really, I guess, a few years into it that I realized that I was expecting him to, to fill these holes in my heart, and he could never, ever fill them. And so it was just a very unfair thing to put on him. And so when I finally realized that, it was a process, obviously, of grieving and then realizing that I was going to the wrong person That's to... Good to fill those things that only God could do. And then that changed everything. So you heard it here, kids. She was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You got anything? I mean, I think one thing that did definitely positively impact us was that we both chose to wait for marriage. And I think that helped protect our hearts from a lot of other hurts that we could have experienced. Um, Mm. And I think, I don't really know if anything negatively from our past impact, impacted our marriage just because anything that would have been a negative, we learned from it or it made us closer or we grew from it. We're going to handle things like, how are you going to divide time with families at the holidays? Like just stuff that you need to work through. But That's I don't a think, hard one, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you're in different states. The first Christmas was a nightmare. But um, I think overall, none of it I would say is negative because it, I mean, it brought us closer together, but I don't know. That's good. What would y'all say has been like? Go ahead, Lance. I feel like you got something great. Well, yeah, we'll see. Um, so I guess we, whenever I was growing up, um, you know, like Chris was saying, you're you're kind of a product of of your parents' marriage and, and what that looks like. Um, and you always think your parents are just perfect when you're growing up and you're a kid. Um, and it was about my senior year in high school, um, and found out that it was very not so perfect. Um, and they had a lot of issues and they were on the verge of, of divorce and, and my dad was out of the house. And then all of a sudden my mom was out of the house. My dad was back in, um, and it was a huge mess. And I, and I saw, um, a lot of negative things in that. But what was so great is I also got to see God move in their marriage. Um, and they're the happiest they've ever been now. Um, and they're still together. And, um, and so seeing that firsthand, I knew, okay, I have to be 100% present when I'm with her and constantly pursue her. Um, and then also for us to have a pursuit in Christ together um, by seeing my parents do that together and their walk together um, was pretty impactful. Do you think that their marriage would have been able to last if they didn't have Jesus? No. Yeah. And, and, and also I would say their, their community of, of their friends together that were also in Christ yeah. helped heal them and bring them back together. That's huge. That's great. Um, what would y'all say is the one of the biggest pros of being married? What are y'all like, what, like what's the most exciting thing about being married? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just get to do everything in life with your favorite person in the world and like it is so much more fun than <laughs> being by yourself. Yeah, even just, like, running errands or, like, I don't know, going to, like, Sonic. Like, we, I mean, probably because we don't have kids yet, but we, like, do everything together. We go to the grocery store together. We, like, it's just fun. You're, like, I mean, maybe for introverts that sounds, like, horrifying, but you're never alone, like, which is kind of fun. We get to do all of it together. Um, But I think also the best part is just the safety that you feel because you're in covenant together they're not leaving like you're no matter what the world throws at you you've got that best friend to do everything with it's just really comforting and just really secure to have that that safety in another person Man, that's good that's i can piggyback off of that 
they, we have, we got professional photos taken not long ago, and there's a picture our photographer took of our hands together. And when he took it, I was like, I don't like that picture. But then we got it, and now it's a big blown up picture in our room. And it is such a symbol of like us walking together mm. and having like, we're a shield for each other. We will protect each other no matter what, as long as we're like locked hand on my back, no matter what is one of the best. And that picture, every time I see it in our bedroom, it reminds me of that. It's a good symbol. I'd have to say all the inside jokes. <laughs> because we'll, we'll go through something and, and just be cracking up at each other. And we'll try to explain the story to somebody. And they just look at you with a dead stare like you're a moron. Yeah. And it's just something that only the two of us can understand. And, and that's, that's what I love. That's good. Um, I would say, and I don't know if you guys are going to track with us, those old people or whatever, but everything that you go through as a couple, and I mean, like, we dated for six years, and so we've been married for 30, so for, we've been together almost half, over half of our, yeah, over half of our lives. That's crazy. Two-thirds of our lives. Yeah, that's crazy. But everything, the good stuff and the bad stuff, it all becomes like sacred history. Mm. And it's something that you only you have shared together and nobody else has that. And it's, I don't know, even like the really hard stuff becomes really beautiful when you are a few years removed from it and you're just so thankful for it because like we went through some tough stuff with his business at one point in time. And now I look back on that and it's like, it probably was some of the sweetest years of our lives because we were so near to each other because it was such a hard time. And so the Lord really used it in beautiful ways. So I don't know, That's it's good. just cool stuff. So I'd say, you know, one is to be evenly yoked um, and the importance of that. Um, and that wasn't always the case, but it is now. It's, you know, obviously, you know, getting to hang out with your, your best friend. That's not bad at, at, at all either. But also, you know, and I, to be share with you, you know, there's days that I know Sarah doesn't like me. <laughs> well, I mean, she always loves me, but there's days that she doesn't like me. And... I, I say that it's not, every day's not going to be just like the best day ever. Um, you know, you're going to have it. But I think the thing is, is, as you said, a covenant. You're into something that you're not going to break. Yeah. Um, and there is an importance of that. And I think in our world today, we so easily, it's like, eh, I'm done. I'm moving on. And, um, you know, it's just one of those that, Hey, I'm pot committed. Uh, I'm in this. I'm in it for good. I'm in it for bad. So um, and I just think, like I said, that's, you know, there's days I don't like Sarah as well, but I always love her as well. So on, on that, though, I there will say, <laughs> I will say, though, I mean, just because there are bad days, that is not every marriage has bad days. No one has a perfect marriage. No one has. I mean. So don't think that if you get into a marriage and all of a sudden it's not hunky dory every day of your life that you've that it's that it's not worth going on like that it's not going to make it or it's like ugh we're throwing in the red towel because we are fighting and nobody fights in marriage if we're fighting this can't be right I've chosen the wrong person that is a crock of the enemy that is a life straight from the enemy yeah marriage is one of God's greatest tools for sanctifying. And what I, well, I'm probably going to, anyway, I could preach a whole sermon on that. But, I mean, he has Preachy changed girl. me more through marriage than probably any other thing. Because we are selfish in nature. And marriage requires you to be selfless. Yeah. And so, 
you know, the world tells you that marriage is about happily ever after, and it's really not. It's about God making us holy. And he uses our spouses, and he uses that rub. Living with somebody, you love each other dearly. There's also just like the nature of our sin nature. Living with somebody is difficult, and so he uses all those things to really sanctify us. And so he has grown us immensely through this relationship. That's huge. Well, and I think it just shows the importance of really knowing what the person is before you get married. And we kind of talked about that last week of just being able to know, does this person quit every time something gets hard? Does this person, what do they turn to? What do they turn from? What type of community do they have around them? Like it's so important to make sure that you have the right person um, that's willing to, to turn it to God, give it to God, not give up and fold up like a lawn chair, but really just like, like you know what, I'm going to find my strength in the Lord. And because I'll tell you, like, there is going to be hard times. And maybe the best tool for the devil to, to uh, use to like blow your light out is to have disruption in your marriage. And I've, me and Caroline have seen that so many times that there's been times like on a Tuesday morning, we'll get in a fight about an apple or about a banana peel, right? And like Caroline, she sat us down one time about five years ago. She goes, don't you understand that maybe the greatest tool for the devil against us is that he just disrupts our marriage where it just disrupts our life. And so um, I'm telling you, it'd be so worth it to have the right person that loves Jesus. And um, like y'all go through the hard times, but you go through it together. You don't go through it individually, but you really try to always bring it back um, to Jesus. So um, what, what do y'all think is one thing that no one told you about marriage that you wish you <laughs> I would say that just the amount of time that you spend together um, and not doing, uh, guys, let's just talk about sex for a second. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be honest here. Sex is such a small entity of marriage. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, like, it's such a small entity because... 99.9% .9 of the rest of the time, like, you got to live with the person. You got to like the person. Um, and I'm so thankful that, Caroline, we can, we can literally walk, walk through some of the hardest times, but also we can laugh through some of the greatest times. And, um, and our life is stressful. Three kids right now, fourth is on the way. We'll have four kids, five and under for a month. That's going to be crazy, right? Um, and just having that right person um, that we're able to be friends with. Like, I would say that's one really emphasizing about the toilet seat, but it is a real thing. Um, yes. You know, I would say, once again, as I shared with you, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. So I'm walking into a covenant not understanding what that really means. That very well might be one of you, all of you, I don't know. And so just to understand the importance of the vow that you are standing before God taking. Mm. I am going into a covenant that should and will not be broken. And so, you know, I just, I can't, I, I just didn't know. It's like, hey, I need to be the man. Um, and the one thing that, I, that I shared before, I've shared many times is I walked into a marriage not being the spiritual leader in my house. Uh, so I'm leading from behind. And I'm just going to tell you guys you know, some of the things that we, we battle, we, humility and pride. Hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we want to be the Superman. We want, we're the biggest, baddest thing around. And 
you know, it took a while for me to figure out that it's like, I, I have kind of job to do here and I need to step up. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I had a bride that kind of kicked me when, when I needed to. Um, and it took a while, but, you know, it became my faith and, and what that looked like. And, and my responsibility of being a, a husband, being a father. Um, so, it, you know, I just, I, I just say that, hey, that's work to be done. It's not easy, but it's worth, it's worth everything. So, so uh, honeymoon, I accidentally left the toilet seat up in the dark. And I wake up 3 o'clock in the morning, and Caroline, she had fallen in the toilet. <laughs> Sorry, babe. I told that story. Um, Speaking of routines, though, and how I don't finish my nighttime routine sometimes, and I fall asleep honeymoon at, like, 3 in the morning, I woke up, and I don't realize that I did it. I said, okay, are you ready? And he was like, for what? Like, where are we going? And he was like, you, you said, are you ready? And I was like... I, I mean, half asleep still, but I think you're still learning each other. I don't know what I thought I was ready for. It was the middle of the night. I think I thought it was dinner time. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I think you're still learning each other. But as I think a lot of people, I mean, marriage is work, and a lot of people told us that, like, marriage is a lot of work. But I think a lot of things that people didn't tell us was, like, it can be fun, too. Like, it's okay to have fun and, like, enjoy the good times because you will have tough times. And so sure. um, really embrace the good times while you're in it. What is, so as we wrap up here, what is one thing, one thing that you could tell these students, like just imagine your 20-year-old self out there, all right? What's one thing that you could leave with these night events, um, either dating, marriage, um, that you that you think that you'd like to tell them? I think as you get into those relationships and as you're, starting to date and get married, I think being surrounding yourself, and I think you touched on this earlier, but surrounding your, yourself with couples that you want to be like. We're friends with Brent and Caroline, and we want to be like them. We want to be like them. We like the way they treat each other. They, we like the way they love God. We like how they are. And so just surround yourself with people that you want to be like that will help lift you up. They're not going to bash their husband. They're not going to bash your husband in front of you. They're going to help lift you up. They're going to pray with you. They're going to be there for you. So really... Just think about those people that you're going to surround yourself with mm. whenever you're in those relationships because they're going to help build you up. Like his parents, if they didn't have their community, they wouldn't be where they are now. So it's, it's huge just having those people around you. Well, and I think that even now, like just to be honest with you, what makes you think you're going to have the right, like, right community later if you're not having the right community now? Yeah. And like, like, some of us were messed up to think, well, once I get married, then I'm going to be the Christian that I need to be. Then I'm going to be the man of God that I'm going to be. Then I'm going to be the woman of God that I need to be. Like, that's farce. That's, that's another tactic for the enemy. Like, like, do it now. It's worth it. And, and when we're not jumping into those friendships that we know we need to jump into, um, you know, I always say delayed obedience is disobedience. And you know that Jesus wants you to be the man now, and they wants you to be the woman now. Like, and when you're not doing that and you're saying, well, I'm going to lose all this, well, you're actually taking faith away from Jesus to be Jesus in your life. Um, and you're putting it on yourself and in your fear. And so I would just say, um, like, find that community. Like, it, it helps you be the person that you need to be later. 
I would say continue your, your pursuit in Christ as well, um, your personal pursuit. Um, and then that relationship will come. Um, but to not put the, the relationship, like, like you were saying, I got to have a relationship. I need to be dating. I need to have a boyfriend. No, you need, you need to keep your focus on Christ and, mm. and you know, your partner, it, you'll attract each other that way. I would say just don't settle. Um, I think a lot of my friends, as you got closer to like junior, senior year, it's like, maybe I don't really need to be in this relationship, but I'm close to graduating. And what if I don't meet anyone else? So I'll just stay in it and then we'll get married and it'll be fine. Mm. That is a lie. We didn't even start dating until after we graduated. Like, do not settle. It is worth the wait and just know your worth. And because you're going to be married forever and forever is a very long time. If you're disappointed now, you're going to be disappointed later. So I would just say, be really thoughtful of those relationships. Or if you're, break up. I mean. <laughs> I would just say like a relationship advice in general. I think Maddie kind of invented this or at least came up with it. But assume positive intent from your spouse. Like anytime they come to you with something, don't assume that it's like a negative thing and they're trying to critique you or something. Like this is the person that loves you more than anyone. So yeah. they only want positive things for you. So assume that how they're coming to you is with a positive intent. And we even use that in dating too, because we did want to hear for a while as well. And so it was really easy at first, like when he wasn't texting me back, I'm like, oh, he like doesn't want to hear from me or like, why isn't he texting me? But just to be like, no, he probably just has a busy day. I'm going to assume the best. Like, and, and he really did eliminate a lot of confusion of like, hey, I'm going to be in meetings for a while today because he, he graduated a year before me, so he started working before I did. But so you mean communication is key? Honestly, long-distance communication was like the best thing that set us up for our marriage because it forced us to get really good at communicating um, and doing it for a year. He was in Houston, and I was in my senior year here. So I think learning that early set us up for success later on. I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> okay, I would say, um, I'd echo what they said. You're any relationship, whether it's a friendship or it's a... Um, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend relationship or marriage is only going to be as strong as your relationship with the Lord. Mm. And so to make that a priority, um, first and foremost, and then this is something that really we've only learned probably in the last 10 years. I mean, ladies, listen to me on this because this took me a while to figure this out. Men spell love differently than we do. They want to be respected. That's how they feel loved. And when I started showing my husband the respect and honor that he desired and was a God-given like need in his life, our marriage changed. Mm. And so, and gentlemen, um, ladies love to be cherished, all right? And so we just need to recognize that about each other, but it's just, it was like eye-opening to me when I realized respect and honor. So um, once again, pursuit. This is, uh, I would say that each and every one of you to, you know, actively pursuing the Lord. Um, you're in the most selfish times of your lives right now in college because it's all about you, right? Your, your next hurrah here is, you know, to graduate, to get a job, um, you know, continuing that independence, breaking free from mom and dad, possibly, or whoever. And so... You know, I, I'd say the importance of that is is that um, why to pursue God is there's nothing in this world, and I, and I do, I mean this, there's nothing in this world, no technology, no amount of money, 
clothing, trips around the world, the best Instagram shot, whatever it is that is going to be suffice as the love of God. Hmm. It's taken me a long time to figure that out. And I'm just, I'm, I'm helping you with some heartache. Um, and so the quicker that you can run to God, um, you know, and that looks different for each and every one of us. But to be, you know, I don't know, I, I press each and every one of you, how are you, many are you actively uh, in God's word each and every day? You know, if I was to say, hey, I'm starting my job tomorrow, your brand new job, or, or you know, whatever it is, you know, you're going to go into that job or whatever it is to prepare yourself to do your very best, right? Well, why would you not, once again, I go back to saying, you know, the, the, the armor of, of God. Why start each and every day not going into the world because the devil is going to be throwing some crazy stuff at us. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, it is, that's just learning it from, I have a dad that taught me that. I had to learn, a, you know, a lot of this. I was, once again, I go back and I say I'm learning it from behind. And it, there was a lot of struggles from that. And then, once again, the devil wants to isolate us. He wants to remove you from, you know, communicating or whatever that may be with, your, with the person you're dating or eventually your spouse. Um, and that's where he'll continue to attack on you. So um, it's very humbling to sit out here and look at, you know, three, 400 of you students and, and knowing, you know, you truly are the, uh, the future. And so, you know, very well, one of you sitting here right here tonight could be the one that changes this world. And so do it. Make it happen. That's great. Let's give it up to them. Come on. Well, I, I, two of y'all have to, you're traveling back to Tulsa, traveling back to Texas. Okay, so travel mercies over y'all, but we want to thank you guys for that. And students, I mean, if y'all have heard anything, uh, your relationship with Jesus start, you know, doesn't only help you now, but it helps you in your relationships with your friends, but also helps you in your relationship uh, with your partner. And I would just say that uh, developing that relationship uh, with Jesus helps you in your marriage, and it helps you be able to communicate with your with, with your spouse and be able to humble you maybe even in saying, God's like, hey, you need to love on her this way, or hey, you need to respect him this way. And I'm telling you, uh, it is very important.